You obviously know Kung Fu. Hey, what's up? It's Ernie Reyes Jr. from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. When a town run by corrupt officials finds a hero that it needs, will the forces that feed on that corruption crush the spirit of the hero that it deserves? Welcome to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita, and in this episode, why bother with a whole planet of apes when all you need is the Iron Monkey? Riding off the wave of success from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Miramax worked with Golden Harvest and Quentin Tarantino to bring the 1993 film Iron Monkey to U.S. audiences. Directed by Yoon Woo Ping and produced by Shui Hark, this stars Ringo Yu in one of his most well-known roles. Although, if you watch the remake of The Karate Kid with Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan, you did get to see more of Ringo, as he was the ruthless headmaster of the opposing dojo, and had a nice fight scene with Jackie Chan. Oh, by the way, Donnie Yen is the co-star in this film, and you might know him from a few other movies. The film opens up with a quick recap told with text over drawings, where we learn that in 1858, the Chinese countryside was ravaged by warlords and terrible flooding. Peasants flocked to the cities in search of food and the protection offered by Shaolin monks, masters of martial arts and the creators of Kung Fu. Instead, they found great merchants and corrupt officials eager to prey on them at every turn. But in the town of Chikang, a hero rose to defend the people. We cut to a dark Chikang street with lightning flashing overhead, and we see a masked figure playing fast and loose with the laws of gravity as he hops from rooftop to rooftop. He scans the buildings, then fixes his gaze on a window where the silhouettes of two men are talking about ways to exploit refugee slave labor to turn a profit. He peers into a courtyard where several Shaolin monks are deep in meditation. He turns his ear to hear some of the officials enter the courtyard with some dim sum for the monks, but the monks don't seem that interested. We don't have time for dim sum. Get your men out of our way. We're here to capture the Iron Monkey. The officials take their food away as the figure races overhead. Inside the building, the town's governor is having his way with several girls at once, and casually mentions that he's hiding a vast treasure from the Iron Monkey. When the guards come to offer the governor some food, he shoos them away until someone abruptly alerts them to somebody on the roof. The guards all snap into action, and the archers fire a ridiculous amount of arrows into the night air. When the arrows come back down, they've bagged a sparrow. <laughs> Not even a baby sparrow can escape my trap! And as for the Iron Monkey, he doesn't stand a chance! <laughs> sure about that? <laughs> The Iron Monkey drops into the courtyard, then casually hops right over the officials before they can regroup and start charging. The Shaolin monks get rallied to the fight as well, but the Iron Monkey cuts through the crowd and for a moment has the guards and monks facing off against one another. The aggressive monks push the officials aside and chase after Iron Monkey and wind up squaring off in a side room. Here, the full Wuxia wirework goes into effect, which might be jarring for any viewers not used to the idea. The four monks, all wielding Shaolin spades, which are wide blades at the end of a staff, try to subdue the Iron Monkey, but he literally flies through the air, stepping on each of their heads and kicking some aside, all without ever touching the floor. In fact, he even uses one monk as his pedestal while he kicks away at the others with his free leg. He steps across the monks like they're a footbridge and even claps a monk repeatedly with his feet before tumbling to a handstand, springing out of it, and landing a massive set of kicks to two unfortunate monks. All of these moves absolutely defy the laws of physics, but it looks damn cool. The fight spills over to the governor's chambers where the police join in, 
but Iron Monkey pulls out some crazy moves, including a breakdancing tabletop spin which whips its way across a circle of cops before Iron Monkey stands his ground in front of the governor's bed where the governor himself is cowering in a corner. At this point, the police chief barks an order and a full perimeter net springs up from the floor to entrap the Iron Monkey. A ceiling net comes down to make sure that he's locked away, but before the net can be completely tightened and sealed, Iron Monkey cuts his way through the wires, then leaps up and out of the roof and off into the night. The governor orders his chief to dispatch some men to go after him while he hangs back and looks over his secret stash of gold, which somehow survived the Iron Monkey's raid. The cops mount a half-hearted chase but come back empty-handed. One officer delivers the bad news. Sir, the Iron Monkey has vanished. While the governor is fuming, the police chief is looking over the officer when the officer rakes his eyes and quickly somersaults towards the governor and kicks the chest of gold out of his hands. The disguised Iron Monkey catches the gold in midair and lifts it up through the hole in the roof while a note with a cute illustrated monkey gets thrown down towards the sobbing governor. The refugees appreciate your help. Give them some of the food you have hoarded at your warehouse or you will see me again. <laughs> the next morning, a wanted poster is up showing a face that's covered up to the nose by a black mask or the ancient Chinese version of a turtleneck sweater. Apparently, that's as close as the police have gotten to identifying the iron monkey. Meanwhile, the police chief's entertaining a bribe from some local merchants, but the chief's reluctant to do anything out in the open for fear that the Iron Monkey will come down and wreak havoc again. Even the name Iron Monkey has taken on a Voldemort-type status where the people believe that just saying it is bad luck. Meanwhile, the chief takes his battered officers to the local doctor, Dr. Yang, who's treating both wealthy and poor people in his office. He makes the rich people pay while the poor get a pass. The chief and Dr. Yang talk briefly about the Iron Monkey's appearance, with Dr. Yang encouraging the chief to put him away once and for all. In the clinic, a local brothel owner is harassing one of Dr. Yang's nurses until the chief steps in to flex his muscle and kick the goons out. The doc thanks the chief with some liniment to help his officers with bruises when they both spot a local kid climbing some makeshift scaffolding. Chief, hmm? Could it be that he is the Iron Monkey? <sighs> Everyone looks like the Iron Monkey to me. At the end of the day, as the doc and his nurse, Miss Orchid, are closing up shop, a strong wind starts blowing some papers around in the clinic. Inside, the doc calmly leaps off of a bench being held by Miss Orchid and flips up into the air and starts collecting papers. Miss Orchid does the same, spinning in midair and quietly defying gravity while grabbing pages. Dr. Yang even walks along a wall like Spider-Man before dropping to the ground. It's a beautiful sequence and our big reveal that Dr. Yang actually is the Iron Monkey. Elsewhere, in some beggar's alley, a few of the city's homeless are gathering around a pot of what-you-got stew when they get an unexpected gift of gold. When one guy tries to walk off with the whole bag, he gets a rock to the face to signify that they're constantly under the Iron Monkey's watch. The scene repeats itself around town as different beleaguered townsfolk get little gifts dropped from the night sky, delivering not just gold, but hope. In one scene, a few young boys are working as slaves for a very cruel master who'd rather feed his dog than these hungry kids. After whipping one of the boys a few times, the master goes to take a bite out of his food, only to find out that it's been replaced with a dead rat. Rock hits him in the face, prompting him to get up and investigate, and for just a flash, we see the darkly clad iron monkey pop off a flying kick right at the cruel master's chest. It sends him tumbling into a cart, and then just as quickly, he disappears again, leaving behind his trademark note and a small bag of gold for the boys. <gasps> the Iron Monkey really exists! Atop the roof, we finally see the Iron Monkey and Miss Orchid in full costume as they wrap up for the night. The next morning, we join the governor and his nine wives as he receives an official letter stating that because he hasn't yet caught the Iron Monkey, he should expect a visit from the capital. 
Panicking for his job, he issues the chief an order. Arrest the Iron Monkey! Catch anyone who could possibly be the Iron Monkey! The police do exactly that and grab up anyone who's even slightly associated with a monkey, from a monkey kung fu street performer to a monkey tonic salesman. In the midst of all this, a father and his son are doing some shopping before they leave for the town of Fushan. The boy is the legendary Chinese folk hero Wang Fei Hung, and his father is Wang Kei Ying, played by the Donnie Yen. While Pops is taking care of some business, little Wang Fei Hung notices another cruel guy berating and abusing his young beggar crew. Wang Fei Hung loads up a slingshot and pops the guy in the eye, and then plays it off like he didn't do anything. But Pops snatches up the slingshot just as the cruel guy turns to see him holding the weapon. As father and son start to leave, he sends one of the pickpockets after Wang Kei Ying, but he gets nowhere. So the jerk takes it upon himself to even the score. Fight scene. A number of goons surround Wang Kei Ying and they puff their chests as they threaten him. And just as they're about to step in, Wang Kei Ying uncorks a blind shot behind him, taking out one thug, and then things get crazy. The first goon takes out a knife and charges, but Wang Kei Ying kicks up an umbrella and then launches it right at the guy's chest. And then it's just an explosion of action as Donnie Yen whips the umbrella around and tags every attacker near him. Now, depending on the version you're watching, if the action looks a little wonky from time to time, that's because there's some undercranking going on, which some filmmakers use to artificially speed up the action. Now, that's not to say that the skill is any less impressive, because Donnie Yen certainly doesn't need any speed enhancements to his ability. In fact, the US release of this film adjusted the undercranking back to a more human speed, and it still looks amazing. Meanwhile, Wang Kei Ying's laying these guys out, the police happen to be nearby and are paying close attention to his skill. They swoop in and arrest father and son, and take them in to the station for questioning. At the station, all of the potential iron monkeys are lined up in front of the governor, who won't let anybody go until somebody fesses up. After threatening everybody with a fine and possible torture, Wang Kei Ying starts to stir, which leads the governor to single him out first for the first torture session. When Wang Fei Hung protests, he gets dragged away too. Initially, the police chief fights it, but the governor's insistent, and as a red-hot brand is brought closer to the boy's face, some stones fly in and knock the brand out of the torturer's hand, sending it flying into the bailiff's chest. At the main door, the Iron Monkey himself drops down, hanging from the door jam like a spider, and he orders the release of everybody being held. The governor quickly orders his riflemen into position, but the Iron Monkey wheels his way through the gunfire, tosses a few smoke bombs, then, in all the confusion, tosses some ball bearings to disarm some of the gunners. He tosses spikes down to incapacitate a few more guys and then charges the governor, and with one swipe, he rips the governor's left eyebrow clean off his face. Seizing the opportunity, Wang Kei Ying jumps into the action, determined to nab the Iron Monkey because he thinks he's just some troublemaking outlaw who's putting innocence in harm's way. What is the Pottern family? Hey y'all, it's Juliette Miranda from the Unwritable Rant Podcast. This is Michael Vasquez of the No Sound Bites Allowed Podcast. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob from the Something Something Cast. This is Knock from the Geek Over Podcast. This is Jeff with the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. This is Daniel from the Toe on the Trigger Podcast. This is Dave from the Parlapod Podcast. Hey guys, this is Mike from the Mike Jolet Show. Woo! We're Josh and David from the Scotch and Flicks Podcast. We are you. Podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. So follow us on Twitter at Potter Family. And use the hashtag Potter Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Potter Family, where great podcasts come home. Fight scene. Wang Qiying pushes the guards aside, then leaps into the air, bouncing off his sword blades to follow Iron Monkey onto the roof. And here, the two guys trade off quick strikes and some sweeping kicks, all while Wang Qiying still has his wrists bound by chains. 
the fight's pretty evenly matched, and Wang Ying even draws Iron Monkey in close enough to wrap his chains around Iron Monkey's wrists, which forces him to have to torque away, which in turn snaps the chains. The action is incredibly fast-paced, with neither fighter letting up even as the cops try to corner them. Wang Fei-Hung, watching from the sidelines, tries to distract the Iron Monkey with a shot from his sling, but Iron Monkey spots it out of the corner of his eye and throws a reverse roundhouse kick that repels the projectile right back at Wang Fei-Hung. Iron Monkey then dives right at him, but when he realizes that Wang Fei-Hung's just a kid, he reverses course, and we get a bit of wuxia magic as Iron Monkey and Wang Kei-Ying fly right past each other and exchange a few punches in midair without giving as much of a damn about gravity. And with some distance between them, Iron Monkey lets off a smoke bomb at Wang Kei-Ying's feet and then disappears. The police chief and the governor praise Wang Kei-Ying for his skill, and Wang Kei-Ying takes the opportunity to plead for release for everybody, given that the Iron Monkey just showed himself. But the corrupt governor isn't convinced, saying that for all he knows, the Iron Monkey could be his partner. Sir, I Wang Kei-Ying will capture the monkey. Set them free. While Wang Kei-Ying is pretty much well known to everybody in the court, the governor still plays hardball and gives him one week to capture the Iron Monkey, but until then, his son would have to remain a prisoner. Yes, that'll prevent you from escaping! Either you catch the Iron Monkey or join your son in jail! That's all! With his new charge, Wang Keying sets out into town, but he starts getting recognized by the local merchants as the guy who's trying to jail the Iron Monkey. He finds that nobody is on his side in this fight. He can't even purchase a black market bun without getting attacked for aiding the governor. A few days go by with him being blacklisted by everybody, so much so that he considers eating a pork bun that gets dropped on the ground. He happens to sit down on the clinic steps to eat when he's stopped by Miss Orchid, who takes pity on him and invites him inside for some clean food. After a few comedic elements to break things up, like Wang Qiying eating hot pepper and doing some god of cookery type kung fu style, Dr. Yang finally joins him and the trio sit down to a nice meal. And here, Wang Qiying explains his twisted deal with the governor and the plight of his son. The governor's holding my son until I catch the villain. He's put my son in prison. If I can catch the Iron Monkey, then my son will be released. After dinner with Wang Qiying gone, Dr. Yang decides that he has to go and free Wang Fei-Hung himself. And at the dank and dirty jail cell, Wang Fei-Hung is suffering from fever chills when Dr. Yang and Miss Orchid arrive to see him, under the auspices of being his physician. Yang examines the boy and casually lets slip that he could very well have the plague. The police chief, knowing that the royal minister is due to visit in a few days, doesn't want anything to do with a sick kid. So he allows Yang to take the kid into his custody for the time being. As they scoop up Wang Fei-Hung, he gestures faintly to not forget his father's umbrella, which he kept close to him. Now, for Kung Fu fans, particularly those who like the stories of the legendary Wang Fei-Hung, the umbrella was apparently a favorite weapon of his dad's Wang Kei-Ying. And in films that depict Wang Fei-Hung, he's often shown relying on that very same umbrella as his weapon of choice, so that's a nice little callback. Meanwhile, our Wang Kei-Ying is taken to hopping rooftops to find the Iron Monkey. One evening, while catching up with Chief Fox, he witnesses four black-clad figures racing across the roof, carrying a large package. Thinking he's caught the Iron Monkey, he chases after them and corners them in a small courtyard. Fight scene. Now we get to watch some Donnie Yen hand-to-hand fighting as the figures attack. Chief Fox drops in on the action and finds that the package they were carrying is actually a young woman. Yen puts his quick hands on display as he takes on three guys himself. When the fourth guy comes at him, Wang Kei-Ying pops off a reverse kick that sends a heavy bag of rice at the attacker. He then proceeds to use those heavy bags to disguise his punches. After a few more exchanges, where Wang Qiying even meets one of his attackers fist-to-fist in mid-punch, he takes a step back. Your Kung Fu. It's Shaolin. So what? The confronted Shaolin students then break out knives, and Donnie Yen gets to break out more of his slick, evasive techniques, combined with his trademark quiet power style of fighting. He always looks so still and peaceful, even when he's dodging daggers and firing off a thunderous barrage of kicks. Speaking of which, 
Watch for the slow-mo highlight move where he jumps up in the air, split kicks two guys, then kicks a third guy, all before landing. That's enough to send the students running, but the fight's far from over. From above him, a fighter in white rips a pole off of some scaffolding and launches it at Wang Ying. He responds by kicking the pole back at the attacker like it was tennis. The attacker, meanwhile, returns the volley by snapping the pole in half and sending the pieces back to Wang Ying. He, however, does a wicked mid-air spin and avoids the projectiles, which pass him and embed themselves in the stone wall. The attacker, who we now see as a woman, leaps off of the scaffolding and dives at Wang Ying with a flying kick. Wang Ying, meanwhile, jumps up and meets his attacker foot to foot, sending the woman back to her approach in the scaffolding. He then leaps up off the embedded poles to meet her and learns that she and her rebel Shaolin brothers are sworn to protect the royal minister like mercenaries. The pair get into an awesome exchange where their mist punches do so much structural damage to the roof above them that it starts to collapse. When it finally does come down, the White Witch takes off. Back at the clinic, Wang Fei Hung's being taken care of by Dr. Yang and Miss Orchid when, in his delirium, he whispers something curious. I know who you are. Probo! Sushi Jackknife is a weekly show about depressed children's characters, dead soul of my mother that lives in the moon, and uh, <laughs> an apathetic Jorge shook his head no and walked off. Christmas Tuba Man. You've been brought here on a mission of the most high import Tuba Man. Planets of Miserable Slugs. So on this giant slug planet, I can't get over this idea. Giant slug planet. I, I, I really, there's one musical slug, just one? Just one. Just one? Yeah. And do his song for me and he day? And he just... He only plays it to torment the other slug. Super bananas from the past. He's a super banana from the past. He's from the past. He went to the future, but he's from the past. Walmart haiku. At last, dreams come true. Bullets, hot pockets, nose spray. All in the same place. (laughs) Original games. Number two. Yes. Who said it? Garrison Keillor or Lil Wayne. Uh Uh-huh. A girl in a bikini is like having a loaded pistol on your coffee table. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's hard to stop thinking about it. But that's what I mean. No, dude. It's Garrison Keillor! Sushi Jackknife is over 50 episodes strong and as binge-worthy as The Vicar of Dibley. No one knows what that is. You're, you're right. I mean... No one knows. I mean, I know what it is. Is it, it necessary that people know what it is? Well, I mean, you just referenced an obscure British sitcom that no one watched. I mean, I watched it. You are literally... The, <laughs> the people on the show didn't watch it. Yeah. Anyway. The opening was a hymn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know about hymns. No, but... I, I, no one cares. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want, if it like comes around, like listen to Sushi Jackknife. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and... Yeah. Yeah. Now we cut to a flashback to Miss Orchid's story, where she was a pregnant prostitute, I guess, who was brought to Dr. Yang to deliver her baby. Sadly, the baby was stillborn, and Miss Orchid's unsympathetic bosses reprimand her and try to force her back to work right away. Miss Orchid responds by grabbing some scissors and stabbing at one of the guys, who retaliates by grabbing a bench and brings it down to crush her skull. But before it makes contact, Dr. Yang extends his leg and shatters the bench, then throws some gold tails at the men and essentially buys Miss Orchid from them. That's a pretty heavy scene, right? Now, one thing about this film is that there's a lot of comedy cut into it, and for the most part, they keep it just shy of campy. There's a little bit of overacting here and there, and some of it's kind of laughable, but it does break up the action without being too distracting. Usually. This next scene, in my opinion, isn't one of those moments. Now, according to Wikipedia, the domestic release of this film was delayed because producer Shoi Hark insisted on adding more comedic scenes after director Yoon Woo-ping was done with the film. And if you know Yoon Woo-ping, 
you know, that he was one of the most influential action choreographers and directors in Hong Kong film, so he probably had no need for all of the funny bits. But Choi Hark, who is absolutely amazing in his own right, got his way, and even he admitted that the resulting delay probably had a negative impact on the box office. Now, I don't mind the comedy mixed in with the action when it's handled well, but this scene comes off as a little weird. So we cut back to the governor's house, where two figures are barging in unannounced and are being stopped by Chief Fox. The chief initially bars their entry, but the smaller of the two figures announces that he's addressing the royal minister and doesn't need any appointment. Our close-up of the speaker reveals that it's Miss Orchid in disguise, and it's a ridiculous disguise that requires more than a light suspension of disbelief. Playing the part of the royal minister is, of course, Dr. Yang in a much better costume. They push their way through, and Yang goes through some hugely exaggerated motions to emphasize his dialogue. Again, not terrible, just a touch out of place. They head right inside the house to find the governor being bathed and pampered by some of his wives. The flash of the quote-unquote royal fan convinces the governor that the minister is legit, so he stands up from the tub buck naked, forcing Miss Orchid to turn away discreetly. Later, as Yang is rifling through the governor's paperwork, the governor demurely asks to verify his identity by producing the royal seal. You must be a new governor, and that is why you do not know who I am. <laughs> you there, bring me my briefcase. Yes, sir. When the guards bring over the briefcase, Yang complains that his paperwork's been stolen, and in its place is a monkey drawing, the trademark of the Iron Monkey himself. This, of course, sets the police on edge, and Yang lays into them for their ineptitude. He calls an impromptu court to order and decrees that Governor Chang be given 30 lashes. Chief Fox carries out the sentence, but after a few strikes, the governor decides he's got to bribe his way out of this. He offers two chests filled with gold and treasures, which Yang looks over and approves, then cons the governor into opening up the food stores for the people in town, with the promise of moving him to a wealthier district. Back at the clinic, Wang Feihong has awoken from his fever and Wu Sha's his way through an opening where he lifts a bottle of medicine. He leaves a note explaining that he borrowed the pills to raise some money so he could go find his dad with the promise that he would return and repay his debt. Out in the streets, Wang Feihong tries to sell the pills and gets a little help from some of the beggar boys that he and his father helped out earlier. Unfortunately, not far behind them are their cruel masters and they step to Wang Feihong looking for a little bit of payback. So your dad took on the entire group of us the other day. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what you could do by yourself. Fight scene. The young actor that plays Wang Fei-hung is Chang Shei-man, or as anglicized, Angie Chang. Yes, Wang Fei-hung is played by a young girl, who had a distinguished career as a wushu competitor, and as of 2003, is a decorated member of the Hong Kong police force. Wang Fei-hung leads the ruffians on a chase through the city, where he uses his acrobatics and his dad's umbrella to slap the guys around with ease. Even when they draw their knives, they can't get close as Wang Fei-hung uses everything around him to his advantage. He hooks a steaming tea kettle with the umbrella and tosses it at the thugs, and then breaks out what is ostensibly the origin of the umbrella style of kung fu that became associated with the legendary folk hero. My kung fu is pretty good. The minions then drag their gang leader into the fight, and he charges at him with a big bamboo pole. He comes at Wang Fei-hung with nothing but rage and strength, but... Wang Fei-hung uses his elusiveness and agility to stay out of his way. There's a huge amount of physicality in this film, which makes it so much fun to watch. And in this scene, the actors take their fight up into some surrounding buildings and take some cues from Buster Keaton as they dive through awnings and off of ledges. Ms. Orchid eventually shows up and whisks Wang Fei-hung back to the safety of the clinic. Meanwhile, back at the governor's house, the real royal minister, accompanied by several Shaolin students, including the scarred-up white witch from earlier, arrives for his meeting with the governor. But rather than being a stuffy old nobleman, the royal minister literally flies out of his gondola and wushas his way to the governor's chair with a wild eye and a hearty laugh. Ah! 
Back at the clinic, Wang Fei Hong's training with Dr. Yang, and Ringo Yu gets to show off some of his impressive acrobatics. And here we learn from a conversation with Miss Orchid that Yang's father taught him Kung Fu and was eventually killed, by whom we don't know just yet. After training, they bring Wang Fei Hong back inside for a reunion with his father. It's not exactly a warm and fuzzy, tearful reunion at first, because Wang Kei Ying's portrayed as a strict, cold figure who lives by the book. However, Wang Fei Hung notices that at least this time, his father takes him by the wrist, an affectionate gesture which Wang Kei Ying rejected earlier in the film. Meanwhile, back at the governor's house, the royal minister has commandeered both the governor's home and his wives. While elsewhere in the city, we come upon a woman who's lamenting the fact that she doesn't have enough money to bury her dead husband's body. A bag of gold drops down towards her from the Iron Monkey, but as she thanks him, the ruse is revealed. I'll bury you instead! Fight scene. The Shaolin Witch throws the steel around like a propeller, but Iron Monkey dances his way through it. The body of the husband turns out to be another Shaolin mercenary who pops up from the table and launches himself at Iron Monkey as well. There's some nifty wire work mixed in with some incredible weapon handling, and we learn that the royal minister employs the Shaolin monks as his de facto security force, which angers Iron Monkey as he thinks it's an affront to all that Shaolin stands for. There's a great sequence in this witch fight with her pressing her sword attack in something she calls the Virgin Sword Stance. Iron Monkey leaps up over her, turns her headgear to obscure her vision, and then straight up punches her in the face, all while mocking her mercilessly. <laughs> you may be ugly, but I doubt you're a virgin. <laughs> Do you think you should wear white? Even a two-on-one, the Shaolin students are no match for Iron Monkey because he's actually able to use the guy to fight the girl like he was a puppet. Iron Monkey breaks out the chains at one point and then manages to wrap it around the witch's blade, torquing it into a corkscrew while she's still holding it. Pathetic. That's what you call excellence? I'll show you excellence! And go. Hey everybody, I'm here to talk to you about a new fun podcast called One More Drink. It is a show about life, love, and everything nerdy. So if you're into comic books, dating, other kind of crazy, goofy things that we're going to talk about, you can join me, Blake, April, Yo, Terrence, Hello, everyone. and Andres. Hey, guys. Every single Friday for some fun conversations and some fun talks. My mom likes it, and she has a degree from a college. So that must tell you something. Obviously, this is the show for you. It's the show for me. It's the show for everybody. One more drink every Friday, wherever <laughs> podcasts are found. Fight scene. The royal minister himself explodes from a nearby wall and lands a kick that sends Iron Monkey tumbling to the ground. Then he uses Shaolin Budo's palm style and unleashes a series of punches that absolutely destroys everything it hits, and connects with Iron Monkey. Now, because these punches have poison in them somehow, Iron Monkey makes it a point to keep as much distance between them as possible while he figures out a retreat plan. He leaps up onto a nearby roof, but the minister gives chase. And as Iron Monkey races across the rooftops, he trips a set of bells laid out by Wang Qiying, but as he jumps out to confront the Iron Monkey, he instead comes face to face with the royal minister. Do you know who I am? The Shaolin traitor? <laughs> I'm Bin Hung, the royal minister! I'm sure that name is popular with the ladies. Anyway, Wang Qiying is familiar with Bin Hung and doesn't like how he sold Shaolin out to the emperor. Bin Hung, however, could not care less. Bin Hung dives at Wang Qiying and the pair go at it on the edges of the rooftop. As they fight, they both go over the edge, but in a cool slow-mo sequence, they continue their fight in midair all the way to the ground, where they dent the stones as they land. They continue exchanging punches, destroying the stones underfoot as they move. Wang Keying finally introduces himself when Bin Hong expresses intrigue at his unique kung fu style. Wang Keying explains that he invented this particular style, known as Shadow Kick. He then lets fly a series of powerful kicks that puts Bin Hong on his heels. 
Bin Hung tries another Buddhist palm strike, but Wang Qing is able to block it, though it hurts his hand. Unable to land his punch, Bin Hung leaps into the air and spins like a top, flying directly at Wang Qing. Wang Qing steps back, then throws a kick at the ground, launching a slab of stone up and at Bin Hung. Bin Hung is able to shatter the slab and then getting close enough to land a single palm strike. Wang Qing retreats, then launches into the air for another distraction, but Bin Hung fights through it, then launches himself again, this time landing a double palm strike. Wang Qing decides he needs to get out of there and hops up onto the roof and disappears into the night. At the clinic, Iron Monkey drops down from the roof with blood pouring out of his mouth. When he gets inside, he has Miss Orchid immediately apply some acupuncture to release the poison blood from the Buddha's palm strike. Buying some more time, he tasks Miss Orchid with going out to get some more ingredients for an antidote, but passes out before he can give out the complete list. At that moment, Wang Qing also comes dropping through the roof, also suffering from the strike. Miss Orchid tries to cover up Yang so as not to reveal a secret, but the jig's up quickly when Wang Qing learns that Yang has been hit with the Buddha's palm as well. He works with Miss Orchid's incomplete list to finish out the ingredients, but he too succumbs to the poison and passes out. Meanwhile, Bin Hung has charged his Shaolin force with searching the hospitals for a wounded Iron Monkey in Wang Qing, reasoning that where one is, the other will be nearby as well. Sometime later, an antidote has been whipped up for both Iron Monkey and Wang Qing, and they're recuperating at a table as they figure out how they're going to address the elephant in the room. As they talk, Chief Fox pays the clinic a visit, looking for Yang and Wang Fei Hung, with orders to bring them both in. Ms. Orchid holds him off, but when he's gone, Wang Qing decides that it's not safe for Wang Fei Hung to stay there anymore, and he should return to Foshan and wait for him. There's a semi-tender moment where Wang Fei Hung starts to cry, and his dad starts yelling at him to essentially man up. But as he turns away, we see that Wang Ying is crying too. Aww. As the two men leave to get ready, there's another knock at the door. Miss Orchid instructs Wang Fei Hung to hide just as four Shaolin monks kick in the clinic doors. The lecherous monks get all rapey with Miss Orchid, but when one of them puts his hands on her, Miss Orchid quickly grasps the monk's hand and flips him like a pancake. Even at four against one, Miss Orchid moves quietly and efficiently, flipping a kick to knock the monks down. The monks draw their swords, but Miss Orchid starts leaping over and around them like a leaf on the wind. She strikes hard and fast and uses various items as weapons against her attackers. Watch for a nearly horizontal running kick across the chests of the advancing monks, which ends in a quiet seated position on a runaway cart. Granted, we're again watching a lot of action that flies in the face of physics, but it's so well executed that you gotta let it slide. Tired of being outclassed, one monk resorts to throwing sleeping powder at Miss Orchid, which instantly throws off her balance. Another monk lands a devastating kick to her face that knocks her out cold. With an unconscious, therefore willing participant, the monks get all rapey again and rip at her clothes, but before they can slip her Buddha's staff, Wang Fei Hung comes busting out of an upstairs window and starts running roughshod all over the monks. Using just a bamboo pole, he whips at the monks, all while calling out the various forms he's using. After cutting through the monks, the Shaolin Witch makes her entrance and makes things really tough for Wang Fei Hung. She attacks hard and is relentless, even kicking Wang Fei Hung through a wall. Disoriented, Wang Fei Hung only has time to sit up before she pounces on him again and knocks him out cold too. Miss Orchid somehow does manage to escape and stumbles her way to Wang Kei Ying and Iron Monkey, explaining what happened before she passes out. When we catch up with Wang Fei Hung, he's being flogged in front of the royal minister Bin Hung, all while he's flirting with one of the governor's wives. Chief Fox tries to get the minister to ease up on the boy, but winds up getting beat down and thrown against the back wall for his sympathy. Though he may be down for the moment, he makes sure the court knows he's not out. Fight scene. Chief Fox whips out a sword and goes after the main torturer and a few of the rogue Shaolin monks. Fox is pretty handy with his sword and holds off three monks before a fourth tilts the scales back and Fox takes a sword slash down his back. Just as the monk moves in for the kill, he gets hit with a few stones and the Iron Monkey drops in to take over. Iron Monkey leaps into the air and spins around like a fidget spinner, mowing down anyone in his way. Then it's a series of kicks and punches that cuts an easy path to Wang Fei Hung. 
Before he can cut the boy down, a bunch of spears rains down towards him, though he's able to spin his way clear. He stares down the minister and states his demands, and we get in on a little bit of the misdirection. Let the boy go. Why do you care about this kid anyway? He's my son! So yeah, it looks like this Iron Monkey is Wong Ying himself. Soldiers all charge right at him, but in a cool little twist, the Iron Monkey spins into the room, throwing spikes at the advancing soldiers and at the same time cutting Wang Fei Hung down. As he drops towards the floor, Wang Keying leaps towards him, but Bin Hung throws his silken robe out towards the boy and staring him like Spider-Man and pulling him back to the table in front of him. The two Iron Monkeys converge and strike a ready pose right in front of the minister. I don't care which is the Iron Monkey. You two will die! Kill them both now! The Shaolin Witch and the Merc from earlier go right at the Iron Monkeys in an absolutely frantic free-for-all throwdown. Bin Hung, not happy with the circumstances, threatens to throw down a Buddha's palm strike on Wang Fei Hung, but before his fist lands, another Iron Monkey drops through the roof and tosses a pair of daggers at Bin Hung, which he blocks with the governor's wife. He tosses her aside and goes to strike the boy again, but again he's thwarted as Chief Fox leaps in and pulls the boy out of the way. Fox hands the boy to Iron Monkey number three, who we now see is actually Miss Orchid. Meanwhile, Dr. Yang's locked in battle with the witch, and he uses this crazy floor-level kicking move where his legs bicycle kick continuously while he skirts along the floor with just his hands. Then he trips up the witch, and as she's falling, kicks her out of the air, slamming her high against an opposite wall. The three monkeys gather together briefly, and Yang tells the other two to get the boy to safety while he deals with Bin Hung. Yang avoids Bin Hung's flying sleeves technique while throwing around his chains to maintain some distance. Meanwhile, Miss Orchid's escape is slowed down by the Shaolin Witch, but as she tries to attack with her sword, she has to quickly drop into defensive stance when Miss Orchid launches some large steel ball bearings right at her. The witch is able to block two with her sword, but one drills right through the blade, leaving a perfectly round cutout in the steel, through which we can see that it has embedded itself into the witch's eye socket. The witch doesn't stop coming, though, but as she drives forward to cut Miss Orchid and Wang Fei Hung down, Wang Kei Ying flies in from the side and plants a bamboo pole right in the witch's chest, driving her through a stone wall and putting her down for good. Yang eludes Bin Hung and meets up with the others, and along with Chief Fox, they opt to run and fight another day. But as they reach the street, Bin Hung bursts through a wall and cuts them off. Stay where you are! This game is over. You will never escape. Final fight. So buckle up, gang, because this one is off-the-hooks crazy and edge-of-your-seat thrilling the entire time, even if it's mixed with liberal doses of get the hell out of here. Yang goes in at Bin Hung first, but Bin Hung's skills and strength are just a bit much for him alone. Bin Hung throws Yang through some scaffolding, which prompts Wang Kei Ying to jump in and try his hand. He fares no better, as Bin Hung grabs him and tosses him aside as well. The pair find one another and set up side by side in a ready stance as Bin Hung loads up for battle. While Bin Hung charges at the pair, they in turn run and jump into a flying kick. But Bin Hung's ready and punches at the soles of their feet, sending them crashing into some nearby poles. One of the poles knocks down a street lantern, setting some clothes on fire. Wang Fei Hung impulsively grabs a bottle of liquor and throws it at Bin Hung, which he easily intercepts and breaks, literally pouring more fuel on the fire. As the floor ignites, the three combatants jump up onto a bunch of poles that are set up like a pole training course. Now with everyone balanced on the ends of poles and the ground underneath them blazing away, the fight can only take place right there on the ends of the poles, teetering over an inferno. The pair work together to split their attack on Bin Hung, giving them much more success in reaching him. There's a great demonstration of teamwork as the heroes catch one another in midair and use each other's weapons against Bin Hung. And for his part, Bin Hung proves incredibly formidable, cracking poles and forcing the pair into finding different ways to attack him. Bin Hung even manages to grab hold of a burning pole segment, prompting Yang to get his own, and which gives us an ancient Chinese version of a lightsaber battle. When Bin Hung tries a different tactic of breaking the poles underneath our heroes, 
they get creative and climb on one another to continue the fight. Wang Keying even has to stop a burning pole attack with his bare hands. As the poles burn and crack under them though, the pair have to figure out a way to stay out of the fire, and what they come up with is for each man to balance himself at the end of a broken segment of pole like a scale. Bin Hung, noticing the precariousness of the guy's situation, seems content to wait them out so he can watch them drop into the flames. But Yang has one more trick planned, so he gets Wang Keying to flip him up in the air. As Yang flies towards the minister, Bin Hung raises his burning pole and plants it right into the gut of Yang. This leaves Bin Hung open to Wang Keying, who launches a double flying kick right into Bin Hung's midsection, sending him tumbling into the flames. As an exclamation point, Wang Keying lands one-footed on a pole, and Yang lands square on his shoulders, giving them both a perfect view of the Bin Hung barbecue. The next day, Wang Keying and Wang Fei Hung are prepared to leave for Fushan, and we learn that Yang and Miss Orchid got married and continued to help the poor of Chekang. Wang Fei Hung went on to become one of China's greatest heroes, while Chi Fox took on the Commissioner Gordon role and continued to quote-unquote chase the Iron Monkey. A fantastic ending to a very cool wuxia flick which, to me, has more action and frankly more fun than Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. The film received favorable reviews from critics and holds a 90% rating on the film review website Rotten Tomatoes. The film was ranked number 99 in Empire Magazine's Top 100 Best Films of World Cinema in 2010. Roger Ebert said, quote, Iron Monkey is a superior example of its genre without transcending it. Dave Kerr of the New York Times said, quote, Busby Berkeley would have loved it. Of all the critics' reviews in the films, those two sum it up perfectly for me. Now, before I sign off, I got a favor to ask of you guys. On my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, I'm going to create a badge that reads, I kick it like Kung Fu with the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Whatever social media you use, please steal that badge and repost it on your own feeds and hashtag Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, all one word, so I can see you. I love doing this show and I love all my listeners, so if you post it and tag me, I want to be able to reach out to you and say thanks. All right. That's going to do it for this episode, gang. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. See the iron fisted monk before the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah, the little bitch soldier is old and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight you got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guarantees to raise jars Fight for the cars, then pause, hear the applause Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewel's here, David is coming back the Tai Chi master, jelly's even faster Could channel a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaol in a mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! 
this time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We walk into the tea house ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get a drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws See it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin slash and blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow, but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the walls No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless, unleashed The fist of legend that they call Jet Lee I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine